Hello and welcome to the RF Generation Playcast. This is GreyGhost81 and what you're about to hear is something really cool. It's a departure from the norm and a blast from the past. In late 2013 and early 2014, Rich, Floyd, our old friend Jamie, and I had settled into our roles as the community playthrough hosts on RFGeneration.com. The playthroughs were highly enjoyable, of course, but Rich wanted to be able to further express his opinions about the games and share the highlights of the community members' input on the forums. He and Floyd conceived of the Community Playthrough Wrap-Up Podcast. What follows is our test episode, or episode zero, of what is now known as the RF Generation Playcast. The episode covers the games played in February 2014, Parasite Eve for the PS1 on the retro side, and Kingdom Hearts for the PS2 on the modern side. Though our broadcasting talents have evolved and our equipment has been upgraded over time, we're proud of our first attempt and have decided to share this prototype episode with the world as a thank you to the community. Whether you play the games with us and leave your thoughts in the forums at rfgeneration.com, or if you just like to listen to the podcast. As always, I ask that you subscribe to us on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. You can also listen to the show on Podbean and iTunes. Of course, don't forget to log on to rfgeneration.com to join our playthroughs and discuss the amazing games we play together. Thank you as always for listening, and now, without further ado, Episode 0 of the Community Playthrough Wrap-Up, but you know it better as The Playcast. Hi everyone, and welcome to RF Generation's Community Playthrough Wrap-Up. This is Episode Zero. Um, I am your host, Rich. I go by Single Banana on the forums. Um, everybody probably knows me on RF Generation. And um, joining me is um, our three other individuals who help with our playthrough. Uh, on the modern side, we've got uh, Fleech. Hey, great to be here. Uh, you can call me Floyd or Fleech. Both work. All right. And also on the modern side, we've got Grey Ghost 81. Hey, everybody. My name is Sean. I go by Grey Ghost 81 on the forums, and I'm glad to be here. And um, assisting me, co host on the retro side, is Mr. Tech Wizard. Hey, uh, nice to be here. This is Tech Wizard, and my uh, name is uh, Jamie. You can call me either one. All right. And so this month, uh, this is February, we actually played on the retro side we played parasite eve and on the modern side we played kingdom hearts um so guys let's go ahead and get into some discussion about those games all right so the first game that we played this month was the um for the retro side, we played Parasite Eve on PlayStation, and um, it's a basically kind of a survival horror game with somewhat RPG elements to it as well. And so, I, I guess I kind of wanted to throw it out there uh, as far as what you guys thought, basically about the mechanics of the game. I really liked it. Uh, the game as a whole was a really good, interesting combination of sort of action RPG and turn-based style. 
Yeah, I had a really good story. Good uh, upgrade system. A lot of different stuff that I liked. Yeah, I think I, I mentioned in the forums that uh, I was really intimidated by this game when it was out when I was younger. Even though I was really into PlayStation 1 at the time, I... Uh, you know, it looked like a very mature title to me, and I, I wasn't really into RPGs at the time, so I was really, uh, you know, scared away by this game. And even now, uh, you know, reapproaching it, I wasn't expecting much from it being a survival horror RPG hybrid from the late 90s on the PS1. I wasn't expecting much, but... I was uh, blown away. I mean, it was an incredible game that holds up uh, amazingly well. But I'm sure we're going to talk about what a what a breakable game it is and a little bit unbalanced. But uh, I'm sure we'll get into that. That was also one of my favorite parts of the game, though. So I don't mean that in a negative way. Right, mm. right. I thought it was um, kind of odd. You know, when you think about PlayStation games, you think about survival horror, I, th- I think the game that comes to mind would be Resident Evil, right? And then with RPGs, yeah. you, you, you think yeah, sort exactly. of about the Final Fantasy series, I guess. And so it, it, for me, it was a strange mix of, of these things where I was sort of like, well, I, I don't know, is this, is this really going to work? But I, I thought it worked really well, you know? It's like somehow they only took the good parts out of yeah. <laughs> yeah. both of those genres and put them together, which is amazing. Absolutely. What, yeah, so, so many ways a, they could have botched it. Right, right. Yeah, the, I was thinking the potential for cliches was extremely high with all the different genres they were covering there. Right, but, it, but it, they melded it really well, and, and it was a really nice surprise. Um, one of the things I, I think, um, Tech Wizard, you, that you mentioned was how it was a, a turn-based system. Uh, how did how did you guys feel about that? Did you find that sort of restrictive, or did you did you enjoy the turn base? I didn't find it too restrictive. No, I th- I thought that the um, the way that uh, you got the charging bar and uh, especially that you can move while the enemies were attacking and they actually dodged their attacks. Right. Um, uh, I thought that uh, helped a lot. It's not just rolling the dice every time. Yeah, and I, and I guess to kind of follow up, it was you know that was a very RPG element. You know, like with survival horror, most of the time it's it's so action packed, it's so fast that with with basically with with this style of game, um, you had to really you had to move around and you still you kind of had to wait to your turn. Um, so so you were you were still being interactive, not like where you're playing, let's say Final Fantasy, and you'll hit attack and you have to wait for that attack or hit spell and, and wait for that spell to be cast. With this. There, there was interaction in between, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thought that was, I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, one of the things that, I, I guess, and and I, I want to hear what you guys thought about this, but one of the things that, that was a concern for me at first, especially initially playing the game, was um, movement space. Um, as, as you'll recall, like every board is, and every encounter is different. You have a limited amount of movement space within that, and I thought. Um, you know, I thought that was interesting, but it, at times uh, was a little frustrating. Yeah, that was pretty. Uh, that made some of the battles a lot more frustrating than I felt they had to be. Uh, like, I think there was a lot of cases where the uh, limited space was the only thing that made the battle difficult. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for that, it might have been a lot easier. Right. But in most cases, if you use things like haste or uh, even also slowing down the enemies uh, with your parasite energy, it kind of balanced it out to the point where it wasn't too big of a problem. 
Right, right. And and sometimes you would get a, you know, a perspective from up top and then sometimes you would get a um, sort of a, a, a frontal full sort of perspective of, of the characters and in, in the enemy. So it, you know, I, I thought for me, the diversity was really nice and it, it, it kept the game from becoming boring. And you, you could tell that the developers put a lot into this game, you know, to have these different scenes the, the battle sequences weren't the same every time. Uh, and mm-hmm. and you had these different spaces to move in some some wider some more restrictive and and uh, I think this also showed up in the boss battles as well and and maybe that's where we should go maybe talk a little bit about the the boss battles and what you guys um, thought about some of the boss encounters of course you know I think everyone that listens to this knows that they're going to get some spoilers so so don't don't worry about that at all. <laughs> So uh, yeah, if if you're listening to this and you didn't, I mean, you should have played the game. <laughs> Absolutely, that's the whole point of this uh, <laughs> talk that we're having. That's what's called the wrap up, right? <laughs> so, Sean, right, what did you right. think about the boss battles? Any any in particular that stood out, or um, you know, as far oh, as oh my god, issue? when you're when you're fighting Eve on the uh, horse carriage was uh, my favorite. Oh, okay. that, that yeah, was that amazing. Was Okay. When, you know, on the moving carriage and she, uh, the part where it's like top down and she's outside of the carriage and then she's above you and all around you. It was that was my favorite one um, by far. Oh, well, that's 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 odd only because um, that that to me, you know, and I was talking about the restrictiveness that was by far probably the most restrictive battle. Don't you think? Right, and and it was probably mo- the most canned mm-hmm. battle. It was very you know scripted and and a lot less uh, maybe tactical uh, skill required than some of the other boss battle, like the worm battle that came right after that mm-hmm. required a little bit of skill. But I thought that just the uh, the, the scene that was set and the the, the plot uh, advancements that were happening as right. we were playing that out were pretty awesome right right yeah i definitely find that in a lot of games where if the uh, story and just the events going on are good enough i can ignore some of the issues uh, with the gameplay hmm. Hmm. Well, well jamie what was your favorite battle what, what did you think i'd say probably the uh, t-rex in the museum oh, uh, that was yeah. pretty awesome yeah that, that was, was a good uh, one like fire breathing laser shooting <laughs> t-rex <laughs> a tough one but that was a yeah good one too yeah yeah that, that was a great one for me i, I think the uh the optional, uh, the uh, the warehouse battle with the crab. I, I really, no. yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Uh, it was uh, it was tough. It was probably one of the tougher ones, and I think for for a lot of people, they had a lot of problem with it. But, uh, but. yeah, a lot of our uh, participants got their butts kicked by that crab. <laughs> uh, yeah, and for me, it, it wasn't that bad because once you had the um, the multi shot. You know, um, and and that was what I was trying to tell everyone to find the shotgun. You know, in the sewer, it it was a it was a really quick weapon to find, but it was it, it was a little hidden though. But uh, yeah. if, if you could find that and you could um, fire from the side, um, you could pretty much take um, both claws out around the same time and only have to deal with the middle. Um, probably the most difficult part of that fight was the. Uh, you know the eyeballs, you know, the lasers from the eyeballs, how they would cross, and yeah, that uh, ate up health really quick. Yeah, yeah. it did. Um, so I, I just kept spamming haste. You know, anytime haste would go out, I would always make sure that I had that, so that I at least had some sort of you know run from that. But basically, as long as you stayed you know next to 
the crab as it was moving in a uh, counterclockwise fashion around the room, then you could avoid the majority of the attack. So uh, I didn't think it was bad, but it it definitely there was definitely a learning curve on that battle, right? Yeah, I don't think that was my favorite just because it was a combination of at first too hard and then at the end too easy. Right. Like when you first go into it, you're just getting completely destroyed. And then once you figure out the pattern, it's almost impossible to lose, really. Okay. Well, how about the rooftop battle? I think there was uh, uh, several people had some difficulty with uh, a certain part of the rooftop battle, which I... I, yeah, I, even yeah. though they were explicitly told what to do, and then we had like five other five people comment after the fact. I didn't know where to go. Like, okay. Like well, I can't remember. Yeah, what, I was, was one a, of those. Yeah, was it announced? I think it was announced as a spoiler, though, wasn't it? It's. Uh, that is, I'm not sure, man. But I, all I knew is I knew where to go. Yeah. I I even said I even posted that I forgot for a split second, kind of panicked, but then remembered to uh, head down the screen as opposed to up. Yeah, and I was fine. Uh, I, yeah, I'll be I honest, I got lucky. <laughs> just I just got lucky. You know, I I went down first just because I was like, okay, well this looks like the direction the planes are coming into the building. Let's go the opposite way. And so, you know, um. I just got on that painter's scaffolding or whatever it is that you take to the bottom, you know. And uh, it, for me, it was luck. Just complete luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, I think I, for me, I had uh, missed uh, the uh, announcement or whatever on the post uh, that explained what to do because I just had no idea when I was first doing that. And I know I died at least twice on there before I just actually gave up and went for a walkthrough because each time I... It was so short the amount of time if you don't know where to go and you're trying to explore. Like, I was going to kind of to the top of the screen and I was trying to get into the hole where the boss went into and I just didn't know where to go and uh, every time it uh, didn't really give you a lot of time to figure it out. Right, right. Now, now I did screw up and I'm not... I'm kind of glad to see that I wasn't the only one that after the (laughs) final boss when uh, he's chasing you, I I got caught like (laughs) a few different times uh, a couple times for my own stupidity and a couple times because it wasn't clear where to go. Right. But uh, luckily, uh, as I alluded to before, the the game, by the end of the game, if you kind of, you know, if you game the system, so to speak, you, you can basically be, uh, you know, overpowered at the end of the game. So the final mm. boss battle, I found actually a few unique ways to... Uh, to get through it real quick so it was actually kind of fun it was almost more like experimenting uh with playing with the powers uh at the end of the game yeah to do the to have to do the boss battle more than one time it was kind of fun right right yeah i there was and i I guess that's something that will probably wouldn't be bad to go ahead and talk about is that I, i think some people are a little disappointed in the final battles and because there there was a certain um, spell that you could you could spam and and really um, you know go through easily. I I, I used it one time um, against Eve um, in that initial battle, but uh, the battles on the aircraft carrier I never used that spell again. I think the most useful spot for it was against the guy who split into two with the flying half. Uh huh. Because once you split into the flying half, then uh, you hit both targets and. Well, I think even before that, you hit two targets, too. Okay. And it right. uh, made that considerably easier, because it usually killed off the flying target first. Uh-huh. And then you just had to deal with the one on the ground. 
So if our listeners Nabuk. don't remember, what what was the name of the spell again? Do you guys do you guys remember? Liberate. 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 Right. Yeah. And it's did the you last know, one you're gonna think. Uh, when the when the when that form splits into two, I believe if you kill the one on the ground first, that they both die. Okay. Really, I didn't so know that. For people who didn't know that, I'm pretty sure that's uh, true. Okay. But yeah, liberate. If you do. I don't know if it's dependent on le- on the level, but if you do liberate on the first form of the boss, it kills it in one shot. Right. It might depend on, or no, I guess it requires full parasite energy, doesn't it? I was going to say it might depend on how much parasite energy you have available, but I think it requires a full charge. It does, yes. Okay, okay. So, well, that's that's a good segue to something to talk about. How, how did you guys feel about the parasite energy? Did you feel that that was uh, adequate? It was rough if you didn't use the trick that I told everybody, which is uh, if you switch your, if you carry a extra set of armor and just switch back and forth, it makes the uh, the meter recharge quicker. Okay. But but if you weren't cheating like I was, um, <laughs> it would be it would be tough to to wait around for that thing to fill. See, then you would only be able to use liberate maybe once or twice during you know the uh, form of a a boss like okay yeah i think that might be the difference because i wasn't using that trick um uh, i didn't know about it through the first half or so of the game and then when i did find out about it through your post i ended up forgetting about it (laughs) so uh, yeah that definitely made a difference towards the end because like you said you could only get maybe one or at most two liberates off on any one form right and and i didn't think it was I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily. It, well, I'll, I'll say it's not cheating. I mean, it's it's within the game. I mean, yeah. Uh, so it's not cheating. But I I had already finished the game before you posted that, I believe, and I did not use that technique. But of course, I I wasn't using liberate either. So I was you know doing the fights without using liberate. And um, basically, the only two spells that I was using, I was using some haste uh, for some of the battles, and then of course the heals. Um, you know, for every battle, um, right? Yeah, the right. heals were useful, and and I never found that, um, you know, I I didn't have enough PE energy, um, during any time. I I felt like it, um, I felt like it recharged fairly quickly and efficiently, and you know, um, I never felt that I was ever stuck where I couldn't heal or, um, you know, use it use certain abilities when I needed to. So I, mm-hmm. I guess that's that's kind of right. how I felt about it. I was I thought it was fairly well balanced, and and like you said, if you use liberate and you didn't know the armor trick, then you definitely had to wait, you know, and you you could probably only use that spell one time during during that battle. So, you know, for for that, it wasn't. I, I guess it kept it from being so overpowered. And speaking of overpowered, how cool is the uh, weapon customization uh, system in this game? It's once you master it. I mean, it's <laughs> confusing as all hell, but once once you learn how to move the attributes and level the heck out of uh, you know whatever the good machine gun is or whatever uh, armor like heals you when you wear it, and you can add other attributes or whatever. Like I, I found that it's, uh, you know, it w- it was difficult at first to figure out what was going on because you actually will you discard the weapon that you select when you mm-hmm. think you're selecting the weapon that you're going to upgrade, but it's the other way around. 
So, yeah, it's a little uh, confusing. When, once you get the hang of it, it's uh, what a cool system. With that, I find at least with the confusion that uh, having the manual and having read that first really makes a big difference because I never really had that confusion myself because I read through the whole manual. But um, yeah, if you don't have the manual or if uh, you're playing on, um, I can't remember if there was other ports of it, but if there's another version of it that didn't have the manual, then that would make a big difference. Oh, so you're one of these guys who reads the manual, huh? Uh yeah, <laughs> my, my, yeah, not typical. <laughs> my uh, my issue with that is I actually the copy I had I, I'd gotten it from a flea market um, a few years ago and it did not have the manual with it, so I did yeah, have difficulty. Um, from what I remember, there was a, a fairly short tutorial. Am I correct? There is. I was um, just trying to remember if yeah. uh, if that has the that in it though. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if it does. It, it was I rather it was rather poor and guy. confusing though. Uh, to be honest. Um, I, I did I did feel like one of the negative things I did feel about the game was the inventory system, and I thought that it could have been a little better explained, and the weapon upgrades could be a little better explained. But uh, l- yeah. like you said, Sean, after after you learned it and you got it down, it's it's amazing. I mean, it was it was a great addition to the game, being able to upgrade and 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 soup up your weapons and. Um, I just love being able to take abilities from one weapon and putting them onto another. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm like, I'm like taking like shotgun blast and putting it on a long range rifle. I mean, there's no way yep. you could do that, but you know, it, it was great. Uh, I really enjoyed that as well. Mm-hmm. I uh, I really liked the, the fact that um, it didn't feel like you're wasting upgrades on earlier weapons. Mm-hmm. Like at first, without knowing that, you might worry that you're wasting your bonus points or your plus defense plus uh, attack uh, items uh, on these earlier weapons when you might be getting a better weapon you could save them for later mm-hmm. but if you use the uh, tools to transfer over everything then that's not even an issue it just sort of eliminates that whole problem well what could you transfer over with the tools um i guess that's my you question transfer all of the uh, stats uh, the um uh, like say on the weapons there's attack range mm-hmm. and uh what is um I say recoil, but uh, it might be uh, capacity. I can't remember which. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then there was also these bonus attributes, uh, like um, you can get poison shots and tranquilizers, right. different things like that right. uh, that you could carry over. Well, I guess but the only thing is you can yeah. only carry one type of thing at a time. Right. And and that was my concern, too. Like, you could only, like, let's say you had some great attributes and great stats that you wanted to transport over. Sure, you could transport all of that stuff. But if you had one of the add-ons, uh, you know, like the the shotgun blast, the multi-shot, or the you know the poison that you wanted to transfer, you couldn't transfer the stats and that, correct? Mm-hmm. So so you had it. You did have to make a choice at some point, which, you know, I mean, I, I guess you know it's a that's a little aggravating because you feel like you're losing something, but at the same time, you know, it it makes you have to choose and. You know, because of that, it, it gives every person that plays a different experience, which is, which is good. You know, I I, I did enjoy that. So. Mm-hmm. I was going to add on to uh, with the weapons. The one thing, I well, I liked that uh, there was a lot of variety in weapons, uh, but I want to say that I didn't like the fact that uh, it felt like once you got a good weapon, you kind of stuck with it throughout most of the game, or at least a long period of time. Right. And every other weapon you're finding was either not as good or just not upgraded enough to be worth it to switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it sort of felt like uh, there was more weapons than there needed to be, uh, or at least they made certain ones um, and just 
much more valuable than uh, they should have been. Okay. Well, well, that's a that's that's a good I thing. I think that's kind of cool for a game that's 10 hours long that like you can go through I don't know maybe that is too much variety but like I didn't use a grenade launcher once in the whole game like right. and there might be somebody who relied very heavily on that so for for such a short game it's it's like you said like the developers put a lot of work and maybe too much work but at least uh you know the, the supported uh different play styles by doing that yeah, I like uh, the variety, but uh, I just, I mean that, um, like, say, for example, I got the G3, uh, A3, and then uh, from that point on, almost every other weapon I was getting until close to the end of the game just wasn't as good, mm-hmm. yeah, even though no, they were I, being found I later on. believe that's the the exact one I was, uh, that, that was the gun I, I used as well. I had some poison, I had the shotgun blast on there, and I, I just put every other gun I got, I put the... Um, you know the attack attribute right. on there, so right. And it was that um, was that the rifle? Uh, I think so. Uh, yeah. Okay. So everybody was using the rifle. Everybody was was using a, using a ranged weapon. Did anyone use uh, you know, like a pistol or anything like that at any point? At the end of the game, I used the M8000. That um, uh, the attack and everything was good, but uh, the main benefit of that is the uh, two commands that made a huge difference because then you could attack but then also use your parasite energy too if you need to heal or right. do anything right hmm that, that's that's interesting I, I was wondering if anyone had gone through the game and used the the pistols at some point because with you know we were talking kind of before about movement space and and how that was so limited that i, I always felt like i always wanted to use a rifle I, I never wanted to use a handgun and 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 for that reason I, I guess I felt some of, like like you said, some of the inventory, some of the weaponry was probably a little bit useless except for transferring stats. So I was wondering mm-hmm. if anyone had actually used a pistol or, you know, a close-range weapon for that reason. Yeah, uh, that's uh, what the M8000 was, and uh, it definitely was the best weapon, in my opinion, for the end of the game, uh, just with that two-command thing. I think there are a few that were higher on stats, mm-hmm. but uh, the trade-off with... And being able to do more things in one turn, uh, to me, it was totally worth it. Okay, okay. Well, to kind of stay on topic a little bit, let's talk about, um, we, we did talk about the weaponry, and, and um, let's talk about the rest of the inventory system. Um, you know, like the, the items and stuff like that. Um, and as, as you recall, there, the, the issues with limited capacity, um, you know, as far as item, items go. So... Sean, what did you what did you think about that um, as far as the I, system? I didn't have a problem with it. I followed actually you guys' advice of just using up the healing items and not. I never kept like the cure poison. Uh-huh. Um, right. And I actually I did not. Um, I never used the bonus points on my inventory. I used 100% of my bonus points on my recharge time or my action time or whatever it was called. And um, I really only only a couple times like bottlenecked my inventory and had to drop something good, but never never a big problem. Um, For me, I usually uh, I did run into the problem of the bottlenecking of the inventory, but it was more just because I. I uh, didn't want to be constantly dropping items. I was usually waiting until I filled up, and then at that point I would start going through and discarding everything all at once. But um, I don't have any real complaints about the inventory. Uh, I definitely agree that the uh, space wasn't a big issue as long as uh, you were using your parasite energy well and didn't need to rely too much on the items. Right. 
but um, at the same time, because of the parasite energy, I felt that the items, some of them were pretty useless, like in the um, sewers from Chinatown, uh, getting literally a million of the Cure Darkness. <laughs> right. Um, right. Uh, those uh, were just so much more common than they needed to be, and a few others like that, like the poison uh, that uh, Sean mentioned. Yeah, I, I agree, and and I guess, you know, with, with things like the poison and, and having inventory items like that, they... It felt kind of useless, but at the same time, you know, with games, I guess I really get annoyed where you have to rely so much on items. You know, it was good that you could use PE energy to cure poison if you needed to, uh, but after the battle was over, you know, you're no longer poisoned, so, you know, as long as you mm-hmm. can make it through the battle, I mean, you know, I didn't see any reason to have those items around, and they... For me, yeah, like exactly. you said, they were kind of a waste of inventory space. You know, I can be picking up, um, you know, I guess mainly I was picking up weapon, you know, weapon and defense upgrades, and then I was, you know, making sure I had enough room for weapons, um, which, you know, I, I still managed to do. I never felt like I I threw down anything valuable, and, and maybe maybe I just got lucky, you know, in that aspect, so... One thing um, I really enjoyed was the fact that the Parasite Energy actually recharged and uh, it didn't require any sort of item to fill it up. Like a typical magic system, uh, you need to get, uh, like, say a Zelda game, you need to get jars of uh, magic to refill it. (laughs) That's something we'll definitely be talking about next month with Fantasy Star, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, no, I I completely agree. That's that's a great point. Um, That was was very, very nice. we, we we touched on we t- touched on the bonus abilities a little bit. Um, I I didn't know till probably halfway through the game that that you could you had bonus abilities and that you could add bonus abilities. Um, so for me that was I, I don't remember if there was a tutorial. Again, I did not have the instruction manual. Um, I don't think there was in game no. And so to find that out halfway through the game I was like oh my gosh you know this is something that I could be using um that was a little frustrating and um mine was all just because just my personality all of my points went to the attack on my weapon I just I love being overpowered I, it, there's something about it it just kind of plays into my personality I love being overpowered when it comes to boss battles and you know uh, uh just common enemies so but um, how did you guys feel about those bonus abilities? I thought they were good. Um, uh, some of them were really useful, like the tranquilizer was uh, extremely helpful in most fights. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I noticed that I don't know if anyone pointed out on the posts about them is, um, and I, I can't really confirm this because I haven't uh, tested it too much, but I think if you have two um, status ailment uh, um, attachments onto your weapon, uh, like say ice and poison, okay. Uh, that uh, the uh, the most recent one I think overrides the original one, okay. and I'm not I haven't confirmed that yet, but I think uh, that might have been the case because I was noticing it seemed like I wasn't uh, doing poison anymore once I got ice added onto one of my weapons. Okay, hmm. No, I I don't know. I I didn't in, I didn't encounter that. I don't think I used ice or poison at any time. Um, you know, while playing, I use you know certain other upgrades, but those are you know those those were upgrades that that I really didn't ever used through the game so I, I guess we should maybe since like we kind of covered the inventory and um, the bonus abilities um, maybe we should talk a little about the story uh, you know kind of the background story and you know how the how the story progressed through the game and if 
you know, we kind of felt like we had a satisfying ending. So um, who wants to kind of start us on that? Um, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, uh, if we want to go on uh, the uh, ending topic there, um, I liked the ending up until the very end. It was a bit more uh, out of left field than I was expecting. And uh, I'm never really a fan of uh, cliffhangers at the end of a video game because video games are such huge time investments and... Uh, I kind of prefer it when they're a bit more standalone, but it's definitely interesting. You can always beat the Chrysler building. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, supposedly there's a real, uh, true ending that I haven't seen yet. But yeah, yeah. I watched we'll about five seconds of it on YouTube, and I didn't care, so I turned it off. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I'm okay with the normal ending. <laughs> it, it seems to get really convoluted for the true ending. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, the, the, the storyline is so it, it's so out there. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, science fiction and it, it's it's definitely interesting, you know, and at some points I, I felt like I was get, maybe getting a little lost um, with, you know, with what was going on. But um, and it, in some points it seemed really far out in left field. But um, for the most part, they, they kind of kept it together, you know, and, and, and I enjoyed it. You know, I can follow along and I can enjoy it. I, I was always waiting for some huge twist where, um, uh, like someone who was helping you was actually bad or something of that nature. And that yeah. never really happens. No. <laughs> I, I thought the, uh, the, the other scientist, um, I, I can't recall his name right now. Uh, Mida? Yes. Yes. I, I thought, I thought that they were, you were just kind of going to get twist ended with that and that, he he was going to be evil as well, and a part of what was going on in Japan, you know. But uh, yeah, I really was thinking that too. Uh, especially there was that one wow. scene where he was in the museum, and you caught him kind of like doing something in there yeah. in uh, that other doctor's office. Yeah, right, right. Now, were you got? I gotta tell you that when at the end, when you're on the battleship, and uh, Mita or Mita tries to give um, Aya the the bullets, and you don't know what it is, but he's trying to give them to her. Yeah. And Daniel grabs him away and says, "We don't have time for that." I that made me really sad. Like that really, like pulled at my heartstrings. And I'm not trying to be funny. <laughs> okay. That that that, <laughs> that moment was just like really tragic and touching to me. And uh, actually, that one of the parts that I didn't like was when Daniel jumped out of the helicopter. I thought that was. It's like okay, that's his redemption moment. But man, that was just. Like really stupid. He was like a space shuttle with a heat shield, you know. Right, <laughs> coming back into exactly. orbit. <laughs> uh. I was going to say I'm actually the opposite. I um I really enjoyed that cutscene, and I can see the points against it, but I don't know. I just thought it was pretty awesome. Uh, like, uh, and so ridiculous and over the top, but well, uh, just really cool looking cutscene. Well, it's, it brings up a good point too. I think it's something we're kind of beating around right now, but the love interest story. I mean, there it was like kind of yeah, this odd love triangle too, right? I mean, it was this very strange love triangle that we got put into, and it was, it was never resolved, you know. Right, and it wasn't very well fleshed out, no. if you ask me. I think you know there was some hints of brilliance there, <laughs> but that wasn't enough. Of, there was really nothing there. Yeah. I, I didn't really notice the love triangle. I noticed definitely there was a clear interest from Maida, uh, especially with the charms he kept giving to uh, Aya. But um, who was the third? Uh, was it uh, you saying Daniel? Yeah, or? yeah. I thought I thought I, I I got sort of inklings of Daniel as well. Um, but maybe that was more of a kind of a, a partner 
you know, love. But uh, you yeah, know, yeah, I sort interest. of took that as either that or like a father-daughter kind of thing. Right, but I, but I almost that's took, sort of how I th- took it. Yeah, but I almost kind of took him like not allowing um, the exchange of the bullets there at the end. I almost took that as like we don't have time for you to, you know, um, you know, sort of a jealousy. You know, we don't have time for you to, you know, try to mack on her. You know, <laughs> we, you know, we. You know, we need to kind of cut that off. So um, I did feel like yeah, there was sort of a love way. triangle. You know, and and I don't know. I mean, maybe some of that was maybe lost in translation. I I, I don't know, but I I sort of felt that way in playing. But you know, it, it's interesting to hear that people had different perspectives on that. Yeah, it's really hard to say because um, a lot of well, pretty much everything to do with that little part of the story was all um, uh, in occasional glances from like Maida to uh, I and a uh, little awkward moments and stuff like that and uh, nothing really said out loud uh, like uh, the only thing totally obvious uh, was the uh, charms in my opinion but uh, everything else was pretty subtle which uh, for a video game I thought that was pretty good actually uh, the fact that they snuck that in uh, didn't uh, go over the top with it okay okay how about um um I guess one of the things uh, one of the other things I liked in the game um kind of go along with while we're talking about the story was I thought the cutscenes were for for a PlayStation 1 game were simply amazing um my kid almost walked in the room when I was um that that first uh, scene where that rat mutates and I was like oh, oh <laughs> that would have been a bad one for your kid <laughs> <laughs> I had to like I was like put your hands over your eyes turn around turn around turn around don't look at this you know because uh <laughs> wow that is uh that was that was amazing just, just yeah. you know just seeing these common sort of ordinary animals um you know mutate uh was 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 really was really neat and a really cool part of the game I thought yeah, I thought all the the pre-rendered stuff was really good, uh, as tends to be the case with uh, Square Enix games from or SquareSoft in this case games from uh, you know that era. Uh, there's some really beautiful beautiful stuff going on, uh, you know, and uh, I think that just the I, I don't want to segue out of uh, the cutscenes, so don't right. don't leave them behind. But I just want to say the graphics in general, man. Like uh, these, the map screen of New York, where you can just kind of zoom around and pick where you want to go. I can't tell you how many times I just sat and looked at that thing, and would just sit it and look at it for a couple seconds, and then rotate it and just look at it for a couple seconds, and you know, watch the helicopters flying around or the boats in the water or whatever, and just like what they did with the technology that they had at at the time. Uh, it was just really beautiful. I don't know, uh, you know. It, yeah, I definitely it agree sounds like kind of weird to say that about a PS1 game and the map screen on a PS1 game, but it was beautiful to me no. in some weird way. No, I, I mm. completely agree. I, I completely agree with that. And and having been to Manhattan several times, um, just the accuracy of it was yeah. They really captured it. You know, it just goes to show it doesn't something doesn't have to be photorealistic to just capture the feel of a place, right? Especially the uh, nighttime scenes too, uh, with the uh, map. I liked how it changed between day and night with that. Yeah, absolutely. That was really cool. Right, right. And, and not to not to touch on it too much, but um, for me, there was a, a bit of a sentimentality um, seeing the twin towers. I mean, you know, this game yeah, came definitely. out before that. Um, 
before that event. So seeing those in the game, you know, and depicted, you know, in a pretty strong part of the game um, and, and the landscape of the game, um, yeah. it, you know, that, you know, that kind of, that kind of tugged at me a little bit, you know? Um, so, um, yeah, again, just, I think you brought up a great point about the map and like I said, it was super accurate and, um, just a, just a really neat feature of the game. Um, so, so yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, that was definitely one of my favorite aspects of, uh, just sort of general interface uh, stuff with the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, right. and anyway, to go back to the, uh, cutscenes, um, uh, one thing, um, uh, they were really good. I liked the pre-rendered stuff a lot. Uh, like, I was surprised at how good it looked for PS1. Um, but one thing I didn't like was um, the transition between the in-game graphics cutscenes and the pre-rendered. I found a lot of those were really awkward transitions and sometimes unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And like, especially uh, if you think of the opera scene at the very start of the game, it's all in-game cutscene, and then at kind of an arbitrary point, it cuts off uh, the in-game cutscene and continues from the exact same point with uh, pre-rendered. Mm-hmm. And I felt that it was kind of a weird way of doing it. Uh, like, uh, it feels like either it should have been in-game throughout the whole thing, or pre-rendered throughout the whole thing, and not a sort of mashup of the two. You know, it's it's hard to know, too, in development, like how much uh, time they had to, you know, make, uh, you know, the the pre-rendered stuff and did they run out of time and have to do some yeah. of the stuff and, in uh, engine? Yeah, and storage space is another issue, too, with that. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, that that's just one of the things that's just uh, a limitation of that, that era is mm-hmm. that. You know, if you're gonna do pre-rendered cutscenes, you you gotta find a way to transition them, and sometimes it's a little awkward. Yeah, I almost feel like I wouldn't uh, have minded if the cutscenes were shorter, uh, if they were fully um, within one type, uh, like uh, all pre-rendered, but a little bit shorter, or uh, longer, but all in-game. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked it if they were anime. I could live without that. I'm no, not I'm just uh, honestly a fan of anime <laughs> myself, but <laughs> so I put up with it in video games, but I'm definitely not a fan. So, any more, um, um, any more thoughts, or um, uh, just on the story of the game? I mean, um, I, I think. Uh, I, oh, go ahead. Not, um, not too many, uh, really. Um, uh, I one thing I really like was the uh, uh, moment with the. Uh, dog uh, boss fight, uh, Shiva. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really like uh, just sort of the interaction there between Baker and uh, Ben, who is Daniel's son. Right. And uh, uh, how Ben had been so attached to the dog and is and still seems to be attached to the dog even after he's turning into a monster. And, uh, sad that he's going. Thought that they did a really good job with the emotional impact of that moment. Yeah, yeah. I know you're killing the dog. I mean, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> You have to kind of step back and realize that's what you're doing yeah. here. You know, you're you're killing this lovable pet, but you know, it yeah, turns it's into not this, the dog's fault. <laughs> turns into this like Cerebus type monster, and um, mm-hmm. th- that that battle for me was, I-, I think, was one of the tougher because you had to you had to kind of figure out which head to attack first, right? Because we we see this in a lot of later RPGs where um, you know something will have multiple parts that you can attack, but you, you kind of figure out that one of the parts or one of the heads has a uh, a region, right, where it can heal uh, the other mm-hmm. heads. And so did did you guys have any issues with that in that battle? 
a little bit at first, but it didn't take me too long to catch on to what was actually happening there. I don't think right. it actually got me killed or anything. Okay. okay. I think you have an issue until the first time the one head heals the other, and you realize yeah. you have to kill the one that's healing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I, I guess I wasn't... I guess it took me by surprise so much the first time it happened. I was like, oh my gosh, well, which one did it, you know? And then, you know, I was realizing I was attacking one or the other, but I, I sort of also couldn't tell when I had actually destroyed one of the heads. I, it that was like, a big problem, yeah. Yeah, I, because it seemed like I kept attacking the same one. I'm like, okay, well, how do I know when this one's eliminated? You know, a lot of times in, in a lot of games when you when something's gone, even if it doesn't physically show that, you know, that that's not a part anymore, you'll get a zero, you'll get a zero result, right? So it, it, I felt that I was still getting like, you know, a result of how powerful that attack was. But at the same time, I, I wasn't, I, I couldn't tell whether that part was finished or not. So that was... Yeah, I think it was just a problem of uh, the heads looking so similar, like especially with the left and the right one, not so much the middle. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, it did, uh, to help you out with that, it did have uh, the little circles around them, and once one of the heads was destroyed, you couldn't select it anymore. Oh, okay. So there is that aspect to it. Okay. Which I think is sort of what you were thinking with um, something to indicate uh, that it's not there anymore. Right, right. I, I, did, I didn't pick up on that at all. So, so I, I did have a little bit of difficulty, and I, I feel like, when I when I did, uh, I, I didn't die during that battle at any point, but um, it just felt prolonged. You know, it felt like a long battle, longer than probably what mm -hmm. it should have been compared to battles afterwards, right? So I, I think I was, you know, doing a lot of things that, that were unnecessary during that battle. Uh, but uh, anything else about the story that, you know, did anybody uh, want to touch on? I think the other thing, um, it's just uh, in general, I love the... Uh, and the escalation of the events and how everything is sort of small scale to begin with just in the one event and then it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger mm -hmm. and also just uh, Aya's uh, journey sort of dealing with who slash what she is trying to figure out what's going on and also uh, you can see in Eve what she might become mm -hmm. and her fear of uh, what uh, is happening to her body and all that. Right. I thought that was all really well done. Yeah, it was. It, it was. It was really good. It was a. The game had a, a nice sort of natural progression. You know, you, you're starting out and you're in an opera house where people are combusting, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and you really have to suspend your um, your disbelief, you know, for it to work. And it seems like everyone sort of buys into uh, the main character Maya um, or Aya. They they basically buy into her theory, you know, these people combusting and it's sort of odd and they, they evacuate the city and before you know it, you know, there's a battleship set to destroy the entirety of New York. So it yeah. escalates pretty quick. Uh, mm -hmm. but, but still, uh, yeah, w a wonderful story and uh, just, yeah, I can't say enough about the game. Yeah, obviously the only negative being the uh, bad science uh, with the, uh, the way the mitochondria, mm -hmm. uh, how they, they don't work like that. <laughs> like really, that's just, it's a bit of a stretch, but um, you can ignore that uh, for how the rest of it's uh, done so well. Right. <laughs> well, how about, um, I guess one thing, and I'll, I'll throw it back to you guys after this, but the, the only thing I kind of had, had left that I, I want to talk about was maybe the music. I want to get you guys' thoughts on music. You know, sound quality music is such an important part of the game, and I, I thought that 
you know, in my opinion, it was was really well done. I, I really enjoyed uh, music. Didn't seem, you know, it didn't seem um, repetitive. Um, and I, I think someone even mentioned, I believe it was on the forums that the background music, as far as when you were in a certain area, would sort of keep playing uh, during the battles, but it uh, the volume would you know shrink down, but you could still hear it in the background. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm thinking uh, there's also the same thing that was happening with the, uh, the game Fantasy Star, which will, uh, uh, well, that, be, that's uh, what I'm getting confused the with. Then. I'm yeah, sorry. Oops, you spoiler. might be getting confused with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you might be thinking of that one because uh, that was the case in that game. That's what happens but, when you um, play them on top of each other and you wait too long to record. So, yeah. <laughs> my apologies. Yeah, no, that's all right. So, how um, did everyone like the music? Let's let's just go from there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I really liked it. Um, uh, I thought the main themes of the game were uh, good, like catchy themes. Uh, they weren't over the top or anything, but you could uh, uh, they were memorable, and you could uh, be humming them and uh, enjoy them. Um, and, and then also really, really good use of silence and uh, quiet themes, uh, like especially the one uh, where Mai's having those or uh, Aya is having those uh, flashbacks to the hospital th- uh, scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and just uh, the uh, real tense moments had a nice, quiet, uh, intense music uh, to go with it. Yeah, and um, uh, also, uh, the only other thing uh, that I really have to note for that is um, uh, every time you hear Eve's opera singing in the background, uh, it's always it always seems to be before the characters notice, and uh, it always is like uh, you're just waiting for something big to happen and uh, that feeling uh, when you're like uh, you guys there's something coming watch out <laughs> right right that that helps kind of promote the uh, survival horror element right i mean yeah um yeah i i think probably the creepiest area for me and and was probably the hospital um uh, only because it felt you know you it felt so desolate you you would come upon you know a few characters that you had to help out right but um other than that there was this feeling of you know, sort of desolation and, and being trapped, you know, and, and, you know, not being able to use the elevators and, you know, I'm like, surely this place has got stairs, but, you know, you, you turn corners and there's, you know, there's, there's debris everywhere. And, um, yeah, you know, that, that was, that was probably one of the creepier areas, you know, for me in the game, but, uh, yeah, just, just really well done. I thought hospitals are just strange anyway. Maybe I've watched too much Walking Dead or too many zombie movies that always <laughs> take place in hospitals, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought that that was a that was kind of a probably one of my favorite areas as well. So, Sean, you, you uh, certain feelings about the music or any type of favorite area that you like? Uh, you know, what? I don't have anything to add about the music. I can't remember it that much uh, right now. Uh, so I don't have anything intelligent to say about the music <laughs> except for that it didn't stand out to me right. as being bad. You know what right. I mean? So that, I'm sure it was fine. Um, and that's a good thing too, right? I mean, if it's oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you, if you if you don't notice it or if it's just if it's there and blends in with the game, that's a good thing. So yeah, um, yeah, I uh, I felt sort of the same way. It they really fit the game it blended in well but it wasn't over the top like uh, there's certain games i've played now where the music is a major aspect of the game for me and like it just stands out and it gives me a big wow factor but then there's other games like this where Mm -hmm. it fits the game really accurately but it's just quiet and it's not really overwhelming 
Okay. So, yeah, and it, as far as areas, I I liked the uh, the zoo and the park. You know, the park and the zoo. Uh, that kind of had a like a Silent Hill vibe to me. I think somebody else might have mentioned that on the forums, and maybe I'm taking their thunder. But the 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 uh, Central Park section was uh, maybe my favorite. Yeah, you just like seeing people melt. Is that what it was? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that was the the the, the melting stuff. Is it it, it was good? I, I thought sometimes it it was a little cheesy, uh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but yeah but it was still good. Yeah, it, it, that that well, was it gave off the uh, you know that sci fi B movie vibe. That's mm-hmm. right. Know, that was a big part of that. Right, right, right. It was yeah, it was fine. I I felt that like sometimes I was supposed to be maybe terrified. I maybe laughed. You know, but you know that's it was all in good fun, and uh, you know I thought it was, you know, just like everything else in the game, I, I thought it was very well done. Uh, Jamie, any um, any favorite uh, parts of the game for you? Uh, I think really it's just probably the final boss fight. Uh, like I think that was definitely one of my favorite areas of the game. Okay. Um, uh, throughout the game, I don't know, everything was good, uh, but nothing really stood out to me as amazing, uh, and. Uh, really memorable, right? Um, uh, I do agree with the uh, some of the boss fights, like the chariot uh, one, and um, uh, the um, uh, the T Rex uh, for sure, uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, the final boss area uh, and just that whole sequence with like the uh, attack uh, with the helicopters and uh, all the various stages of the bosses uh, were really well done. I thought. Okay. All right. Well, does, does anyone else... And uh, the ultimate being thing, I thought that was really creepy. Like, uh, the <laughs> baby thing coming out of the water there and all that. <laughs> I thought that was really well done. Yeah, yeah, like, I think I, I was I was doing that, and my daughter, who's, uh, she's five, she walked in, she's like, are you going to shoot that baby? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, it's not really a baby, and I'm trying to, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to have a conversation with my daughter, trying to explain what an ultimate being is you know, to a five-year-old, you know, yeah. it's not real, you know, and I was like, oh, you know. When we don't even really know exactly <laughs> what it means either. <laughs> yeah, there you go, yeah, I'm trying to have that conversation, so, yeah, so, uh, all right, is there anything else that you guys wanted to discuss or talk about or, you know, found particularly interesting about Parasite Eve? Um, no, I think we covered pretty much everything. Um, the only other category of things that people usually talk about with games are the uh, controls, yeah. which we didn't bring up much. Okay. Um, uh, but I, I was just going to say, basically, I have no real complaints or uh, good things to say. There's uh, just nothing wrong with them, I thought. Uh, there was good controls. Um, I thought the movement was a little bit awkward looking, but it uh, performed well. Uh, like you could walk around pretty easily, and it wasn't clunky. Yeah. But um, especially the uh, non-player uh, characters uh, in any of the cutscenes and stuff like that, the way they moved and the uh, awkward kind of walking turn that they did and stuff like that. Right. Uh, I was never a fan of that, but yeah. Otherwise, the controls were pretty good. The the walking was yeah the the clunky walking sounds uh yeah were, were kind of comical, and I I think it was I think it was Floyd that that said at one point point he's like. They just move too slow, and I'm like, I think you hit O, and you can, all you gotta do is hit O, and you can run. He's like, man, I didn't know that you could run through like most of the game. <laughs> and I was oh, like, wow. oh my gosh, that would be the slowest game ever. 
so uh so yeah uh so yeah the the the, the ability to run was 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 good i i thought that um and from and from what I remember, during the boss fight, you were always at one speed. Is that correct? There wasn't like a, a, the encounters. You didn't have to hit the run button. You were automatically at a at a specific speed. You didn't have to hold that down to. I'm not to really get sure about that because uh, when I played, I was always using the uh, joysticks uh, mm-hmm. for movement. So um, okay. you know, when you're using the joysticks, uh, it's it doesn't need the run button. It actually disables that, and then it's just pushing towards the edge of the joystick okay. is uh, running. So you, and then less on the joystick is walking. So were you playing from a, a, a PlayStation, um, PlayStation? I was 2 doing controller? it on the uh, yeah PS2 controller, oh, okay. Uh, okay. but um, I think it's the same case with the PS1 uh, analog. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And Sean, did you have anything that you wanted to add or any thoughts, final impressions? Yeah, my, I mean, as I kind of was saying in the beginning, my uh, my my takeaway impression of this game is that it's amazingly recommendable and and for being a game that is so playable Mm -hmm. in this day and age for you know a game that came out i think in 1999 that was a uh you know again a survival horror rpg hybrid on the ps1 and if you know somebody tried to say oh they this is a really good game check it out you know i would never believe them but this game holds up astonishingly well and i can't recommend it enough i had so much fun with it right right yeah i I, I totally agree that's a good point i mean this is this is definitely a game that you know whether someone is a survival horror fan they're like i like resident evil or they're like well i like final fantasy you know i think this is a game that you could safely recommend to both right because i Mm -hmm. I think it has great elements of both and, and not much of a time investment we should just right. throw out there. The game's only 10. You know, I think I finished it in 8, but I was kind of buzzing through it. Right. If you took your time, really searched for everything, it's a 10 or 12-hour game. So you're yeah, not... Yeah, definitely. You, you know, you're not uh, putting that much time on the line to just try it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. So definitely, definitely a recommended game. I was pleasantly surprised. I, I definitely remember when this came out. Um, I was in college when this came out, and um, I did not pick it up um, only because, uh, well, being in college, I you know I didn't have a whole lot of time for RPGs, and I, I didn't really realize that this was a survival horror title, though I thought it might be from reading the the back of it. But um, you know, just becoming involved in RPGs was just kind of tough for me at that time. Though I, I did, I do remember playing Final Fantasy VII when I was in college and, and putting that time investment, but it was one I skipped over. And, and for that reason, you know, I'm really grateful for the playthroughs and that, that this was something I was able to not only enjoy, but I- enjoy with other people who were playing it for the first time. And I think that, that was a, that was a great experience and one that even though I didn't get to play it when it came out, I, I feel like being able to share that with other people and the experience was just, just really well worth, you know, playing the game and, and doing all this together. So, yeah, man, I gotta say this. I believe, well, at least in my opinion, this was one of the best uh, playthroughs on RF Generation uh, to happen so far. So, good job, Rich. Well, yeah, well, thanks, guys. I I really appreciate. That's it. definitely one of the best. Good, good job, everybody. Like good everybody <laughs> who uh, participated. Uh, it's really fun to like uh, help each other out, and I feel like we, uh, 
you know, we had one of the most robust uh, conversations and sharing uh, tips and tricks and everything uh, on this game, and it was it was really awesome. Yeah, and this was a um, this was actually a pick, right? This was one that we voted on. Yeah, community um, uh, choice. There. Right, right. So, you know, I, I think that um, you know, with the playthroughs, of course, these are going to be games that we, as the as the playthrough group, want to play and like to play, but. It's great getting suggestions from uh, our members, and we definitely welcome those suggestions. And you know, we'll, we'll try to get around to most of them if we can, and um, kind of opens our minds up sometimes and, and our eyes to to games that we haven't played. So suggestions are always welcome, and we we hope that all of you will feel uh, free to post those on the forums. And you know, if you have any more thoughts about Parasite Eve, please um, you know post those on the threads as well, and um, you know, post it on the Parasite Eve thread, and maybe we'll uh, even start a discussion for that as well. So again, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. So the game we played in February on the Modern Playthrough was Kingdom Hearts, uh, and I'm going to let uh, Sean, who was our leader for the month, Go ahead and tell us a little bit about that game, a little bit of a plot summary and what it's about. So Kingdom Hearts for the uh, PlayStation 2 came out in uh, 2002, and it really is one of the most, you know, it's almost like a, a slash fic or something you would see on the internet. It's It's a game with Final Fantasy characters and Disney characters, so I mean... It's one of the m- most amazing crossovers in in gaming history, and I mean the plot is very simple. It's it's just that Mickey is is missing, and you play as a young boy named Sora, uh, who teams up with Donald and Goofy to save Mickey. And during th- during your journey, you'll just m- you you make some personal discoveries about yourself that are kind of nebulous and uh, very emotional and. Uh, they didn't really resonate with me, but uh, they really do resonate with a lot of people. And this uh, series, uh, in general, has a huge devoted fan base. And uh, there's many spin-offs and sequels to this original game. And uh, according to Wikipedia, the series has sold uh, over 20 million copies worldwide for all the games. So it's it's pretty impressive. It's a big force uh, in the gaming industry and it's one that I've been wanting to play for a long time and even though it's not the best game I've ever played I had a lot of issues with it uh, I'm glad to have uh, finally checked it out all right and um, as far as I know one thing that's interesting to me about this game as an RPG and then throwing in these sort of Disney elements to the game um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you go from a an RPG that's sort of a, a serious format to something like Disney that's more of a kids format did did the developers do a good job of making it uh, you know keeping it um, more adult or was there was it a little cheesy um, uh, Floyd do you want you want to talk about that a little bit I wouldn't say it was cheesy at all uh, it's it's really a perfect game in the sense that it's got something for everybody. Um, the story is, even though it's not the best story, as Sean has mentioned, it's got something for everybody. Um, 
And even though it is cliche, it is quite interesting. It's a typical um, coming of age, uh, save the world, um, you know, unite your friends type RPG. And the mashup of Disney and, and Final Fantasy surprisingly works. Um, it, it brings a lot of the uh, almost childish magic out of Disney and brings in more um, mystical magic, more, more, more f fantastical magic from, from Final Fantasy into, into Disney. And even though I had a hard time with the game in a lot of points, I did like it. Okay, okay. And um, I know that you, you guys say that you had some problems with the game. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's probably a good time to just go ahead and discuss, you know, what, what things maybe that you had a problem with in the game. I, I know that um, some people and a lot of people that were playing it during the playthroughs this month didn't, didn't finish the game and um, were, were a little agitated at certain aspects of the game. So I'd like for you guys to maybe talk about that a little bit. Right, uh, and we we actually had a good uh, completion percentage in the group okay. for this game, which I was surprised with because I, uh, you know, for my frustrations with the game, I think if I was playing this game in my personal life, I'd, I'm not sure if I would have finished it. But as a as ho as a you know being the host of the game, I felt I had to push through it. And I'm, uh, again, I'm glad I did. I really liked the uh, the uh, the final like two hours of the game was really cool. But the 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 main problem I had with this game was the pacing and that it's just not a smooth ride through the game. There are, I, I I I refer to games like this as having speed bumps, and uh, for me, like when we played The Wind Waker, it was very similar because um, you're trying to get through something and you keep having to stop and figure out what do I do next, which some people love that kind of stuff, but I'm, it's, for me, it, it doesn't always work. And the other thing aside from the pacing was that the, there's so many worlds you go through, you go from world to world and they're all themed based on, uh, Disney properties. Uh, there's uh, Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid, and there's Halloween Town from The Nightmare Before Christmas, and there's a whole slew of other ones. And some of them are really fun. Halloween Town was really fun. Uh, Under the Sea was not fun at all. The, the They had you swim, and the swimming mechanic wasn't that good. And So I would say about half of the worlds were pretty fun, and half of them were not that fun at all. So that just added to the the overall flow of the game being uh really flawed but having said that i had i did have a lot of fun moments with this game the combat is uh more of an action um, i mean it's literally like a hack and slash uh button mashy kind of combat and there's a lock on mechanic it's it's pretty i'm not going to say it's the most the most sophisticated thing uh in the world, but for 2002, it 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 carries itself through the game. It's it's a fine co combat system. Excuse me. Um, yeah, so I thought, uh, I, sorry to interrupt there. I, yeah, I like the combat do. system. No, go ahead. It was even though, like you said, it wasn't that simple, but it was pretty exciting and fun. Uh, that was my highlight for the game for sure. Um, Right, I, I I like the the menu on the side, but that also that you could map uh, your spells to um, 
you know, you could map out your things and strategize. And so that, uh, that was good because exactly strategize, and you can also pull off. Re- you can pull off moves really quickly, which add to that frantic pace that is really uh, at the heart of, of an action RPG. Right. Um, so my only gripes with this game were that it got off to the wrong foot. With, like after a really cool opening cinematic and sort of choosing uh, your specialties, you're thrown right into a fetch quest. And that a- after such a buildup, I found that to be such a letdown. Um, yeah. And, and it was hard. It was like, you know, that first, uh, I can't remember what the first boss's name was. Uh, it was sort of that, that nightmare type thing in that uh, stained glass world. But that was really cool. It was a really good way to teach you uh, the combat system. It, 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 it was super fun and super engaging. And then you're you're plunked onto Destiny, Destiny Islands, and it's just, you know, gather supplies for the raft. And I think after all that hype that was, you know, created by that opening scene, it really grinds to a halt and that's why i like your your speed bump um analogy like it, it this this game really does just dangle a carrot in front of your nose at so many points in the game that was tough for me um and my own yeah. my only second complaint was the really poorly done platforming i don't think i have to say anything more than that the platforming was pretty bad it's true, yeah. The the platform was bad because Soar's jumps. He he kind of just jumps straight up and then floats, and it's it's really uh, challenging. It, it, it was really wonky, yeah. Okay, right. uh, but I'm with you uh, as far as the beginning of the game. I think they, I think what they were trying to do was establish uh, Sora's relationship w- with his friends because there 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 is some character development there. But they they just really fumbled that and and went about it the wrong way, like you were saying with the fetch quests. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing about the beginning of the game was that the game is very difficult in the beginning. And I had to uh, grind my way out of a hole for like two hours at one point very early in the game. And I was wondering uh, if I was doing something wrong or... Because, uh, I mean, I was getting killed in, like, the second or third world. Um, yeah, you're right. Because I think if you come in with the mentality, oh, it's it's Disney, it's cutesy, this is going to be a walk in the park. It's This no, game is yeah, it's, fairly challenging at times. You know, yeah, you, if tough. you let your guard down, you will lose some uh, major battles. Yeah, and I know you were having trouble with the uh, friendly AI and... Uh, you know, there, there there is some customization in your characters, but it's 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 almost like you can program to either all out attack or not at all. Like it, it's a little better than I'm making it out to be, but uh, yeah, the the friendly AI is a little uh, off. But yeah, the game's hard as hell in the beginning, and that mm-hmm. was a little bit frustrating for me. So okay, I think it's interesting that you guys mis- mentioned um, that there's a platforming element to this game. I, you know, not playing this game. And just I, I remember seeing commercials for it uh, when I was younger, but I did I did not realize that there was actually a platforming element to the game. Uh, can you kind of tell us a little bit more about that? Because um, I think you know with standard RPGs, there's 
there's really not much of a platforming element typically. So I, I find it a little interesting. I think that the the one world uh, was actually Monstro, which is the whale from Pinocchio. When, when you're inside Monstro, there's a lot of platforming and um, you're going through his the like chambers of his stomach and it's it's very maze like you get lost easily and it vol and it involves jumping from level to level and that that world was one of that when I was mentioning there's there was good ones and bad ones that was one of the worst okay. because of that yeah I think the the platforming was maybe used to add verticality to the levels to to create more of a spatial sense to the levels. And, and it worked in the in the Tarzan jungle. There were there was some platforming there, and there was some uh, the, there was a mechanic where you kind of ride the vines like you're skating down the vines like Tarzan does, mm-hmm. and, and that actually worked pretty well. But it, it it failed in other places. Okay, okay. Well, what are some? I guess we kind of ca- talked about a few negative aspects of the game. What what were some things that you guys really enjoyed about the game? I, I know you, you said something about the the menu system. Um, so are there other aspects of the game that you really enjoyed or thought that the game did well? Yeah, well, um, like I was saying, in the combat system, you you have this menu always at the bottom left hand of the screen. And in your command button, the X button, you can either attack or use the menu to go to your magical spells, which... Um, if 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 you're fighting like one large bo- uh, one large enemy or a boss or um, a small group, you can you can do it that way. But you're better off um, mapping the spells that you like to say the triangle button or the the square button. Uh, so you can real like what what I did was I had um, a healing spell on the circle button and I had whatever my most powerful spell was on the triangle button and then you have a regular attack. So you can bounce around off enemies. You're locking on to enemies. You're you're shooting spells. You're then and then there's a roll. Actually, you can dodge and roll out of the way. So there really there really is a lot of depth to it. Um, but the um, boy, I got lost there. Floyd, help that, me. That's right. <laughs> um, I think I, I I think where you're trying to go is the combat is it's a lot of fun. It's really frantic. And just like quick mapping uh, special moves to the buttons just in a way adds to the tension and, and really um, makes you feel like you're, you're in the middle of all this um, um, like, like fast-paced action. And um, it makes it, I, I can't say easier, but it makes it more convenient because you're not cycling through a menu um, like you're not going to your magic your healing spells and then which healing spell you want it's it's all there so you're really it's a lot of like twitch almost twitch uh reactions to to what uh to to, towards the way the way the battle's going um and it it definitely made for a lot of exciting boss fights um now my my favorite thing was just breathing new life into final fantasy characters Okay. It was really cool to have these originally voiceless Final Fantasy characters speak. Now, this is cool, and I don't mean to interrupt, but I would like for you to elaborate on this a little, because 
I didn't recognize any of the Final Fantasy characters in this game because whatever games they're from, I haven't played yet. So if you wouldn't mind, like, tell me about some of the Final Fantasy characters and and what games they were originally from and how it was to see them in a uh, PlayStation 2 game. Well, of course, you know, let, let's start off with, with the big guy. We have Cloud. Uh, Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy VII. Um, now, because a lot of these characters were, you know, just from, from like text box only games, you sort of, in your imagination, have an idea of what they would sound like. And I didn't really think Cloud sounded quite right, it, at least, but that's just my opinion. He, he did sound strong and stoic, um, but uh, it wasn't the perfect voice for him. Uh, now we also have... Eris, who, of course, is just like a sweet, uh, you know, down-to-earth, you know, wholesome girl, and, and that, that carries through. I, th- I thought her voice acting was done really well. We have Yuffie, also from Final Fantasy VII, and, you know, she's really, like, spunky and, and energetic. Yeah, I liked her, and I liked her in the game. I I would probably like her in Final Fantasy VII one day when I play that. Yeah, she's, she's one a cool of the character. She's one of the more well-known uh, characters in that game, you know, besides Cloud. So definitely, um, because you haven't played Final Fantasy VII yet, you'll uh, there's one side quest that might change your opinion of her. Okay. Foreshadowing. <laughs> well, I, I liked um, uh, uh, anyway. kicking her ass in the Colosseum, but uh, no, she was a funny character. We have uh, we have now the last guy to stand out in my mind was uh, Squall Lionheart from Eight, and okay. he goes by a different name. I think it was Leon. Yes, I think he, he went by Leon, which if you follow your Final Fantasy lore. If I'm not mistaken, was his rival or adversary in in eight? Um, yeah. If anyone out there can correct me if I'm wrong, please, because <laughs> I haven't played that game yet. So, um, and but uh, he he um, is just sort of like uh, like vocally is just like the, the archetypical you know strong guy, uh, tough guy, and and he he's, he sounded pretty good too. Okay. Cool, man. Uh, that that actually, if I may, I I would like to segue into one of the other things that I really thought was great about this game, uh, since we're talking about voice acting, was the production value in general for this game was amazing, in my opinion. I think the graphics were top notch. The music was great, um, and you know the sounds. The co- the the game is very colorful. The 3D models of all the Disney characters look awesome actually i think the weakest character model was sora himself the character that you play but uh to me every everything else looked great and there were some again the worlds themselves were a mixed bag but some of the worlds had this um like dreamlike quality especially like the alice in wonderland and the um uh, halloween town where there's almost like the the limitations of the the PlayStation 2 the hardware become part of the environment in in the way that when when they use like a 2D wallpaper rather than having a full 3D environment it doesn't look like they're doing it uh 
they're not trying to hide it and it becomes a part of the yeah you're right like uh, environment in, in in a very dreamlike way and it's almost like um like th- those old sonic team games like nights into dreams or uh you know sonic event or something on the dreamcast you know where where they just go with it and it actually ends in my opinion it 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 enhances um, the effect and the the environments look great. I think one of the um, most exemplary worlds of seeing like just the the level design being put to good use is uh, in in uh, Wonderland in 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 that the the tea room. I can't remember what it's called, but uh, where you fight. Um, Oh, he just looks like one of those like construction paper cutout guys. Um, right, right. That's one of the first uh, bosses in the game. Yeah, one of the first major bosses. And um, but before you go into the fight, you have to alternate. Um, I was I was going to say perception, but that's not quite right. You have to alternate the orientation of the world. So up becomes down, and the floor becomes a ceiling, and all that. And, and that sort of lends to like a puzzle solving platforming element, which works really well. But it, it in terms of level design, it was really nice. And, and like what we would now consider technical limitations really aren't because it, it's like, you know, the wallpaper, it, it looks like wallpaper. You say, oh, that's just, you know, okay, well, it's, it's flat, but it's, you know, a wallpaper. It, it, they sort of use their shortcomings to their advantage. Um, now, what about because uh, like this is Disney, so one thing we have to touch on is the music. What, what did you think of it, Sean? Yeah, you know that I feel. Um, I'm just thinking about. I feel like where there was like those iconic licensed songs that I kind of got sick of them, and where it was more like original music, it was better. Uh, again, I I I hate to harken like on how much I didn't like something, but the the under the sea uh, world, the Little Mermaid world, that played like uh, like a five second loop of under the sea, like over and over and over and over, and it, it that would was really. Like yeah, it got it got pretty grating. So I like, think that was that was my complaint too. That they would take a short sample of an iconic song and just play it to death. Right, and, and it, but, it really like I like I like Disney music, um, and it's it's always really like upbeat and and catchy and uplifting. But to hear sort of the same thing over and over again really ruined it for me at least while i was playing the game right and uh, again having said that i i i do say that the music was really good but really more i'm i'm saying that about the original uh, compositions and not just the rehashed versions of annoying disney songs played in a loop so uh did they they didn't really do anything with the disney songs then it was just more or less clips taken directly from the original songs and like I sort of almost expected them to have remixes of the music and really mix it in with the style of Final Fantasy. And I not think just they like may have slightly modernized them. Yeah, um, but it's nothing like and and this that kind of stuff may come in the later games for all we know. Like I, this is the yeah, first maybe. and only game I've played so far, but they they didn't do anything that would stand out and say like, wow, they did like a dubstep m- mix, <laughs> <laughs> like you know the. Uh, 
the jungle book song or what you know what i mean like nothing like that just basically like video game music versions of of some songs from you know the movies i think they also had a lot of almost like kitty sounding music at a lot of points yeah yeah, but that was okay. I mean, and and when it needed to be dramatic, it was. And, you know, when it needed to be intense, it was. And uh, actually, the music would turn... You know an enemy's coming because the uh, music would turn intense like three seconds before the enemies actually appeared. So you got a pretty good warning that you were mm-hmm. about to do battle most of the time. It was pretty... That's pretty funny. Okay. Well, um, we were kind of talking about, you know, the characters and everything. And, and one thing that... I think someone mentioned earlier, I'm not sure which of you, but you said something about a, a part of the plot is that you become emotionally involved in the, the main character, Sora. I, I wanted to know kind of how, you know, thinking of other games that we've played, and I know we played Fragile Dreams in 2013, which was a heavily, heavily emotional story. I guess I wanted to know how it kind of compared to that. I'm sure it wasn't that emotional, but just I guess I want you to talk a little bit about that. Rich, that's that's an awesome question, and I'm I'm glad you brought up Fragile Dreams because that's a man. What a good comparison, and what an example of how it worked in one case and did not work in the other um, case. In uh, Fragile Dreams, uh, what was the kid's name? Sato, I think. Um, you know. That kid was one of the most emo, like, melancholy characters I've ever played in a video game. But because of that game and because of what it was conveying and because it, it succeeded in, in sincerely conveying what it was trying to convey, like, I de- identified with that character so much. Now, I take Sora, who's kind of the same thing. And it, it just didn't work in the same way for me. And and Sora is even like less melancholy. He he has kind of a you know a happy-go-lucky streak to him too. So it's just weird. And F- Floyd, you, you you may even have more to say on this, but the 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 whole uh, the way the game wanted me to connect with Sora and his relationships with the people around him. And there, there was some, there were actually some moments with Donald and Goofy that had more emotional resonance to me than the ones with Sora's friends. So Floyd, what did you think about that? Um, I would disagree, uh, partially with your assessment of Seto from Fragile Dreams. Uh, I didn't find him to be, yes, he was melancholic, but I didn't really find him to be emo. In his case, you're right, it did work, because really everything was suddenly torn away from him. His world as he knew it, his his family was just snatched away. And, you know, he, he didn't really, you know, whine and complain that his world is 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 um you know gone um he just sort of had this uh air of like uh bewilderment but also right, right. um you know uh like a righteous heart i guess you could say even if it's cliche that's just like you know he believes in the good in everyone and that you know he can at least find a friend in a desolate world that, for all he knows, 
is long gone. Um, now, going to Sora, he is the opposite. He, you know, lives on, you know, a, you know, a nice tropical island, you know, eats fruit all day and, you know, gets a <laughs> wicked tan. <laughs> um, he, the only time that he gets somewhat emotional is when he finds out that uh, Riku has eyes for his girlfriend. And Riku is only doing this to sort of get under Sora's skin. Um, so, really, he I, I, I found Sora to be the archetypical, um, almost one-dimensional RPG hero of it's my responsibility to save the world and I'm always in good spirits. Um, just you know, she's my girlfriend. Hands off. <laughs> you know, I, I don't disagree with you, but don't forget there were all those cutscenes with, like, um, you know, a black screen and just text scrolling across the screen of these poetic, like, you know, I thought I knew what friendship was in my soul and all this other hogwash that... Uh, that's the kind of stuff that didn't really... Uh, work for me and I, I liked it better when it was more like played out in cutscenes or in things that you could actually see happening um, well, I think yeah um, uh, Sora did have some moments where he doubted himself but um, like in, in those internal monologues yeah that's that's what comes through but at least when he's interacting with people and like this could probably lend to a really exciting uh, character analysis discussion, but uh, that's that's a topic for another day. Um, Sora would always have this um, aura of just being the, the the altruistic good guy. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the the character analysis is out there, man. Trust me. Like when I wrote the um, the thread for the game, there's so much stuff out there. Like I said, there's a ravenous, devoted fan base for this series, and they have analyzed the hell out of it. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's mm -hmm. out there. Go go search for it. Well, it's definitely out there. My uh, my local retro store has figurines everywhere. Kingdom Hearts yeah. figurines, just you know boxes and boxes you know that they brought in from japan and you know obviously they're selling them so it it does it is a series that has a large fan base and i guess you know kind of getting some feedback from the the first game you know I, I question how that fan base you know kind of exists but i think as some of you pointed out the the follow-up games um have gotten a little bit better review um I wanted to talk a little bit about the story too, and if you guys think that the overall story works. I know you said that the kind of the the point of the game is you're is you're going to save Mickey, but it sounds like that there's several different levels of story that are going on during the game as well. Yeah, the 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 story is deep, and it does um, progress over the course of all the games in the series. But I think one thing that should be mentioned about uh, Kingdom Hearts 1 at least is that it is the result of a coincidental meeting between the head of Square and the head of Disney in an elevator 
and they kind of got to talking, you know, wouldn't be wouldn't it be cool if we combined our um, IPs in, into something? And uh, th- this is cool. also on uh, you can read up on on this uh, on Wikipedia. Um, a lot of like Disney elements were toned were toned down um, or toned up because there was a bit of back and forth between both parties. Um, I think like the Square guys were really pushing for like a Final Fantasy uh, a, a, d- a darker theme, and then the um, Disney people wanted something more, you know, lighthearted and accessible. And so that definitely had an impact on uh, on the story. Um, so, Sean, do you what what what's, what what are your two cents on? Are you are you telling me story that go- of- are you telling me that Goofy doesn't use dark magic? I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was um my world was crushed when I found that out. <laughs> yeah, no, I um again, I, I well, just getting to I I guess what I was saying is is Mickey is missing. Th- that is really just like the start of the story and as Floyd was saying there's there's more to it in the end. There's um you know, the, the, all the uh, the reason you're going to these worlds is because the the princesses have been kidnapped because they, you know, they have some energy that can be harnessed into dark energy. And um, though I'm a little fuzzy on the whole thing because it it is a little bit convoluted. Um, but yeah, there 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 admittedly is more to it than just Mickey is missing, but it, and it does come it all comes full circle and comes together and there is it is you know explained why you're going to all these worlds and actually there's a cool uh part where you can kind of meet all the princesses and walk around and talk to them. It's it's nothing amazing, but to just see them all kind of standing together, talking to each other, and then you can interact with them is a cool moment in the game, I, I thought. Now, those but, were part of the side quests, right? Uh, that, it wasn't really a side quest. It's, it's um, towards the end of the game. How far did you end up getting in the game, Floyd? I, I, I forgot to ask you that. Um, and I don't mean to expose you as having not finished the game. I hope you don't mind me saying that. But um, no, no, I'll, I'll admit that I didn't finish it. Um, right. Geez, that, that that was a hard month because I really wanted to participate in both games. Both games were, you know, something or uh, things that I really looked forward to and really wanted to play. Um, I got to um, the deep jungle with uh, with Tarzan, okay. and. Uh, you know, because of not wanting to fall behind in, in uh, Parasite Eve, it was uh, it, it it was you know tough to juggle that. But um, so I yeah, so I, didn't, I actually no, I was just gonna say like your question about side quests. Uh, again, e- even I didn't I didn't do a ton of side quests because there was a certain point where I said okay, I just want to roll the credits to this game and and do my duties as the host. Um, and we had some good participation from some of our other members as far as side quest goes so i was really helped by uh a few of the other uh, people who are playing the game in that respect uh who shared their thoughts on that but um but now the whole the whole like princesses being kidnapped thing is is tied into the main story and uh you know it all comes together at the end and uh so if I may, I would uh, segue into the ending of the game without... Oh, uh, well, you know what? We we said we were going to talk about spoilers. But um, 
Actually, not much of a. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. We established that uh, what we're doing uh, here is inherently uh, spoilery, and you know, it's people who have played the game listening to us talk about playing the game. So, um, <clears throat> actually, if you, uh, uh, if you don't mind, uh, before we get to the end of the game, um, I just want to see uh, if you guys thought there was much uh, comparison to Super Mario RPG with the whole Squaresoft bringing in another IP's elements to their style of gameplay. Um, Did you see much comparison there, or were they completely different kind of games? No, not in the way... Like, when you play Super Mario RPG, you definitely feel like you're playing a a Squaresoft game with a Mario skin on it, even though they Mm. came up with some creative ways to make that game Mario-esque. With this one, it didn't... I didn't feel like I was playing, uh, you know, a square soft game actually, like at There's all, like quite I, a bit other different. than, yeah, be, because of like the battle system that Floyd and I discussed and the whole like you you level up your character. The RPG elements themselves are pretty light here. Like you you do level up, you do have a money system and uh, items and buffs and everything, but. It's not really like a hard RPG, and I don't mean hard like difficult, but it's not like hard into like the RPG realm, and it didn't feel like some like technical, uh, you know, old school Square game. But but that's mm. a good question though, because it's a very similar concept. But it, it's it's actually interesting how the the, the those two games uh, were very different in in how they ended up coming together. Okay. Yeah, with the same basic idea behind them, but uh, such a different uh, result in the end. Okay. Right. Yeah. Two totally different eras, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And b- before we kind of get into the endings and stuff like that, too, I'd I'd like to ask a little bit about the uh, the boss fights in the game. I'd like to know a little bit about like maybe for each of you, like what was your favorite boss fight? Um, which one did you enjoy the most? And then, of course, you know maybe you guys can start talking about the ending and talk about like the the last boss fight, creative, difficult, um, you know, kind of how that sure. went. Sure. Sure. Uh, again, a kind of a mixed bag. I actually had a lot of, <laughs> I bet, I wonder if you could guess which boss I didn't like, uh, so much. I'll give you a hint. It was Ursula in the under the sea level. Mm, yeah. Um, and that was just, actually that one, I just had a really hard time. First of all, figuring out what I was supposed to do. And then, actually executing the thing that you're supposed to do and that those are two very different things and when they both go wrong that can make for a really frustrating uh frustrating experience um but my favorite uh my favorite boss battle was the end boss so i'll I'll actually hold on to that and i'll let uh floyd if you will tell us about your uh boss experiences well my my boss experiences were sort of limited because I didn't get too far. Um, but I did enjoy the fight with the Tarzan leopard um, just because of the, the the pacing of it. Um, yeah, that was cool. And the dude, right? You fight the guy. and Oh, the, that, that hunter the, guy. The yeah, you're right, time. you're right. Yeah. yeah, that was a good battle, actually. I, I almost forgot about that one. Uh, yeah, those were two good battles. Um Although I must admit, my strategy tended to be kind of cheap. I would, you know, uh, obviously in, in, you know, 
good RPG player um, uh, mentality, you know, wait for um, uh, an enemy to expose their weakness and sort of, you know, play off that and use that to my advantage, which I did. But, um, you know, when I ran out of magic or if if the tides were turning against my favor, I would kind of just run around and try to be try to avoid being in the line of fire until I built up my magic or, or got in enough little hits to because um, in, in, in all fights you once you land hits you you gain either money or um, orbs which ref, refill your magic or uh, various other things uh, health being one other one and so I would sort of do that and, until I had enough health or magic to, you know, go back to that previous strategy. And it meant for a lot of, you know, prolonged, long-winded fights, but, you know, it worked. So. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, good strategy. And, and you know, it's the kind of game where you could, could do different things. Uh, you can go all out or kind of back off as you need to um but yeah i thought the 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 final boss was my favorite um we had a user uh raidu who was on a thread uh on our thread playing the game and he did he disagrees with me on the final boss he didn't really like it um he thought it kind of just went on forever and was frustrating but i actually liked it because it was it's a classic um like jrpg final boss where you you fight the final boss and then you fight the next final boss and the final final boss and you know there was like five forms of this guy we saw that in parasite Um, eve as well right exactly it was even worse than parasite eve in this game that was um the the cool thing is though for as unforgiving as this game was like all the way through there it actually checkpointed you after each form of the after each and every form of the boss so it, there was really that's interesting yeah it was and it was oh man it was a relief because you know when you get into that and you get like the you know you you beat three forms of the boss or whatever and you got that like white knuckle like how long is this going to go i don't want to die kind of thing once I realized it was checkpointing, like I had way more fun, and it was just kind of, you know, you're flying, you're flying at the end, and you, you're obviously at the most powerful you're gonna be in the entire game. So you're casting really powerful spells and just healing yourself constantly and putting up shields and just going all out. And I actually found it to be a lot of fun. And the you know the designs of the boss was it was huge and it had um, you know all these different attacks and you know it was coming from all different directions and it was really cool I I mean I had a really good time with it um, so definitely the final boss in in all of his forms uh, was my favorite. Okay, okay, um, I, I've got kind of one final question kind of want to save it for the end but uh jamie did you have anything else that you wanted to to ask the guys i know you, you and i didn't play it we kind of busy with the retro playthrough and, and and we play as we can and uh, you know it's kind of been the point of the playthroughs is that one person leads and plays through it and if the other person can join in uh, on their side 
you know, we we always try to pitch in and play and 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 have fun with everybody on RFGN. But Jamie, did you did you have any questions for the guys? Would you like to add? No, I think that was pretty much about it. Uh, most of the stuff I was going to ask has already been covered. Um, okay. I think the only thing uh, that sort of was touched on, but not really in detail, was I was wondering, um, just in general, how you guys felt about the controls. Like, you mentioned that the platforming was bad, but at the same time, the actions in the uh, combat system were really good. So, just sort of, uh, from the perspective of not knowing how the game actually feels when you're playing it, uh, how did you think the controls were? Uh, the only thing I think n that needs to be brought up as a being a problem with the controls was the camera because you don't have a you don't have an up and down camera. It's a kind of you know, and, and this is very common in the early like late PS1 and early PS2 3D games where the camera only goes from left to right and kind of circles around your back from left to right and doesn't really go up and down. So that that's and that was a, that's a very common complaint about this game but it wasn't game breaking it wasn't something that was like amazingly frustrating or ruined the game but it it was a pain in the ass at certain points but uh no the controls were f were fine for me I don't know if if uh, Floyd wants to add to that but that was the only thing just the camera was a little you know it's dated now that's like the worst thing I can say about it Yeah yeah I got to agree with you there old games uh, the camera is the main complaint most people have I got to agree with you on that uh, remark on the camera because it would be um, limited to left and right and it had a limited um, panning angle. So you couldn't really uh, spin around 360 with the camera, which definitely made for a lot of tricky jumps. Um, right, especially in some of the tighter areas and some of the exactly. rooms you're in can be really small. So yeah, definitely that was, that was a, a small issue there. Um, and But like my... Uh, my opinion of the controls is it's all muscle memory. Once you've mapped certain moves to certain buttons, you're just, you know, muscle memory and firing off various spells and, and attacks. And that's why it felt really fast-paced and action-y. Okay. Well, kind of my final question, and I'm, I'm going to ask you guys this question, and if you guys have anything else you want to add, uh, you know, please feel free to. But... My my last question, and what I want to know, if if you had to rate the game on a scale of 1 to 10, kind of 10 being the highest, if you could just kind of let me know what you would rate it uh, as far as number and kind of your reasons behind that. Uh, you go first, Floyd. Okay. This, this uh, will be a really tough um, question for me to answer because there were things, there were probably just as many things that I didn't like as things that I did enjoy um, and I, I have to give it points for successfully blending um, you know square formulas into a Disney world um, you know the story even though it was convoluted was entertaining um, it, it, it was an overall fun experience um of the only thing is that it's not a game for everybody even if you're i think you'd have to be a die-hard disney fan to really get the most out of this but um if you're just sort of on the fence on disney you know just just 
watch it with your girlfriend. You know, you'll 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 have you'll you'll like it. You won't love it. You you might sort of leaning towards you might lean towards disliking it, but you'll you know you won't say, well, that was time poorly spent. Um, so my my number score would have to be um, a six. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I, I would uh, give it a 6 out of 10, but it would be a qualified 6 out of 10 in which I would say that I can I can absolutely see what people see in this game and and why certain people love and like go as far as worshiping this game and this series and you know, I I didn't hate it. There were parts that were really frustrating and I didn't, you know, there were parts that I strongly disliked, but like I said, the the final, like it left me with a good, good impression, thankfully, because of the, uh, the 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 final couple of worlds and the final boss uh, sequence was really good, and uh, and just some. Uh, uh, thoughts on the playthrough itself. I, I want to uh, thank uh, everybody who participated. We had, a, like I said, some really good participation. We had a lot of people finish the game. Uh, uh, Disposed Hero, Raidu, Addicted, myself. I hope I'm not forgetting anybody, but, uh, you know, a, a good amount of the people who signed up to participate followed through and finished the game. And you know, went above and beyond in some cases with the, the side quests and sharing their experiences. And uh, that's what these playthroughs are about, is, you know, people sharing information about what's going on in the games that, that we're playing together. So I really felt, even though this wasn't the best game in the world and we weren't all head over heels for it, we we all had issues with it, the uh, the sharing of information on the on the forums was really good for this one, and I just want to uh, thank everybody who participated. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you know, even a game that's a six, you know, as you guys have rated this, when when you get together with a group of people and you're able to discuss it and just have a good time talking about the game, it, it can even make a, a mediocre game, as, as you guys have rated it sort of in this case. You know, it can make it a great experience, and, and, and I too want to, you know, thank everyone for participation in the playthroughs it's been it's been a lot of fun you know we've been doing this for uh, a few months now and um, it's been a really enjoyable experience it's getting me to sit down and and actually you know instead of collecting as much to actually break open some of these games and you know put time aside for myself to to play some of these games and it's you know it's a wonderful experience and I just in, enjoyed uh, just the the group at RF Generation who have uh, been a been a real big part of that. So, and, and also you yeah. guys, of course. But uh, yeah, I want to uh, say that uh, I find these playthroughs really push me to finish these games way faster than I ever would on my own, yeah. which to me is a good thing. Um, uh, like for our March playthrough now, which at this time of recording we're kind of coming up to the end of. Um, uh, I've uh, beaten or nearly beaten now, Fantasy Star, and that's like a 30-hour game for me. Normally a 30-hour game for me could take like three or four months, and to beat it in one month is amazing. Like uh, I thought it was really good. Yeah, that's I, cool. Uh, it's cool. I don't think I would ever normally uh, beat games that fast. And it's I cool just want to say this people to... Pushing, yeah. I just want to say this to get some closure on the game, because I never did really finish it. 
playing as part of a group was a huge motivating factor. And if anyone is considering playing this game, um, go for it. If you like it, great. If not, you know, that that's okay too. Uh, I just say proceed with caution because it's not a clean, homogenous, you know, milk in your coffee type blend. It's just sort of like you can say a bit of uh, Final Fantasy got into your Disney soup <laughs> or a bit of uh, Disney got into your Final Fantasy soup. Um, but yeah, just if you play it, have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, great. Yep. All right, guys. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, appreciate you guys all being here and uh, really enjoyed speaking about these games. This is um, basically our episode zero. So if you're getting to hear this, then um, you've probably gotten to hear it in um, uh, you know, a fashion that uh, maybe you received it as a part of cert a certain award. But uh, we hope that you enjoy it. Uh, episode one is actually... We're going to conquer um, our March playthroughs, which for the modern side was uh, The Last of Us, uh, which is you know one of the most popular games from uh, 2013, correct? I'm not a That's modern right. guy. Okay, right. Wait, got it right. Yes. All right. <laughs> and then we're also, uh, uh, on the retro side, we tackled the, uh, the, the RPG, the very heavy um, fantasy star from the Sega Master System, which... Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give my opinions. Not gonna give my opinions yet. But uh, um, we we've uh, we've had a lot of fun playing that as a group as well. Awesome. So, I want to hear what you guys have to say <laughs> about that because that is something I really want to play. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the 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 experience and and playing it as a group was uh, again you know just just very positive. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. But uh, again, I I just want to thank. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm single banana. I just want to thank my, my co-host, uh, F Fleech, uh, Floyd, and then uh, Jamie, uh, Tech Wizard, and Sean, GreyGhost81. Uh, we look forward to seeing all you guys uh, on the forums, and I hope that this will encourage more of you out there to uh, join us in the playthroughs. Um, it's just an exciting time for us um, and uh, exciting time for RF Generation. So thanks yeah. again, and uh, you know, stay tuned for future episodes. Yeah, it's time to get yeah, those cartridges everyone. off your shelves and into their systems. Right on.